Stacey and Pete, and it's the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast, back with a regular episode, a fuller episode, if you will. Fuller house. <laughs> you got it, dude. <laughs> oh, wait, she wasn't on that. Um, How rude. How rude. So, thought we would just let you all know about a new summer reading series that we're doing over on our Patreon. Our patrons voted between six summer... I did, <laughs> I did it again! Yeah, you did. <laughs> Six summer-themed Babysitter's Club and Sweet Valley High books. And here's a description of the first book that they chose, Boy Crazy Stacy. Stacy and Marianne are mother's helpers for the Pike family. Oh, I remember the Pike family. That does sound familiar. For two weeks at the New Jersey Shore. Cabs are here. I'm a good person. (laughs) (laughs) Things are great in Sea City. There's a gorgeous old house, a boardwalk, plenty of sun and sand, and lots of fist pumps. Does it say lots of fist pumps? No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And the cutest boy Stacy has ever seen. Ever? It's not true. He's sitting across from me right now. Oh. Marianne knows that Scott, the lifeguard, is way too old for Stacy, but Stacy's in love. She fixes Scott's lunch fetches his sodas and spends all her time with him instead of with the Pike kids. That's who she's supposed to be babysitting. Yes, very irresponsible. Suddenly, Marianne's doing the work of two babysitters and she doesn't like it one bit. But how can she tell Stacy that Scott just isn't interested without breaking Stacy's heart? Dun, dun. So if you want to be part of our summer reading club, gain access to our bonus episodes, have early access to regular episodes, and help support the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast, head over to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up to become a member. We're slowly growing over there, and every time we get a notification that we have a new member, it makes our day. Yes, it does. We just got a notification a little while ago. We did. It was exciting. For a new member. I love it. We need like that bell that they ring at like the stock exchange. I know. Every single time. I feel like we're never in the same room when it happens either. So when it happens, we like run to each other and we're like, did you see that? New Patreon member. (laughs) (laughs) It makes us happy. So come hear all the voices that we're doing for the various characters. We just read two of the first chapters of the book and Pete is doing some stellar voice work over there. Some voice acting. Yes. I don't know if I'll call it stellar, but I'm doing some voice acting. (laughs) It makes it really hard for me to get through the reading because he's cracking me up. It's a good time. So it's that time. It's show and tell. Show and tell. Who's coming to the front of the class this week? It's Eric. Eric. Eric was born in 1976 on America's birthday. And the year is the dragon. Same year as me. That's right. His favorite 80s movie, Back to the Future or Poltergeist. They're here, Caroline. <laughs> Favorite 80s song, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Very good song. I could listen to that for a while. Yeah. Favorite 90s movie, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Nice. I like when we get new ones. You know, yes. it's a little variety. Can I be honest? 
Sure. I've never seen that movie. I have seen it, but I would like to rewatch it. We'll get right on that, Eric. Put it on the list. <laughs> favorite 90s song. Oh, he didn't give us a favorite no 90s, 90s song. No 90s song. How dare you, Eric? Oh, I wonder if he missed the question. Sorry, Eric. We'll get you on the next one, Eric. Yeah, we'll we'll do a vice principal's office addendum to yes. our next episode. We will. So favorite 80s or 90s TV shows, Silver Spoons, Different Strokes, Unsolved Mysteries, Press Your Luck, and Quantum Leap. I used to love Quantum Leap. Yes? Mm-hmm. Nice. Toy that you loved most as a child. Anything G.I. Joe, but especially the hovercraft. That's uh, one of the G.I. Joe toys that I stole from Josh, and it was one of my favorite G.I. Joe toys as well. It was intricate. Now, I, I want to go get that toy again. Was that the big one? Yeah, it was like probably this long. Yeah. About that tall. It was a big toy. Very cool. Yeah. Favorite game or book that you loved as a child or teenager? Super Mario 2 and RC Pro-Am on the NES. RC Pro-Am is a game that just brings me right back to the mid-80s. Yeah. I love that game so much. It was awesome. Fun. Favorite place to go in the mall in the 80s, 90s, or early 2000s, Sam Goody and Brookstone. I still love going to Brookstone. Yeah. They have the best massage chairs. They do, and all these, like, gadgets and stuff. I wish we could still go to Sam Goody, but they don't exist anymore. They don't. And then, of course, we always ask if there's anything else that our participants would like to add about nostalgia or fond memories or this community. And Eric said, we are the luckiest generation to have experienced the 80s as kids. Nothing else compares. That's why 80s nostalgia has grabbed everyone from Zoomers to millennials and even those before us Gen Xers. It is absolutely the best. I identify as a Xennial. A Xennial? <laughs> well, I guess Eric and I are Gen Xers. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you are. I'm right on the cusp. That's right. You are a little late. A little late to the party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Eric. And if you'd like to participate in our show and tell segment, you can email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com and we'll send you a questionnaire to fill out. Also, if you'd like to dive into even more nostalgia, you can come to any of our social media pages for lots more. We're on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod. We're on TikTok at we don't want to grow up. We have a Facebook group called the Cozy Club dash fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up that you can join. Just answer a few questions and come meet some fellow nostalgia lovers. And if you'd like access to exclusive bonus episodes, early access to some regular episodes, or if you'd just like to throw a little extra support our way, you can become a member of our Patreon by going over to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. And if you enjoy the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast, we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating and write us a nice little review if you have something nice to say. Not only does it help us out, but it's also encouraging to hear from you all. It's very encouraging. It doesn't take long to just hit the five stars, say a little something nice if you like us. If you don't, why are you listening? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you've finally gotten it. It's here. It's time for Weekend at Bernie's. All the way back to 1989. What a hot summer it was apparently back then. Yeah, very hot. Yeah. It's a dark comedy that's directed by Ted Kotcheff and written by Robert Klein. So it is loosely based on the 1959 novella, The Two Deaths of Quincus Waterell by Jorge Amado. Oh. So Larry and Richard work at an insurance company for Bernie Lomax. 
They're very excited when Bernie invites the two of them to come to his house in the Hamptons for Labor Day weekend. But the excitement ends when they discover that Bernie is dead when they arrive at his house. The two of them decide to try and convince people that Bernie is still alive until they leave so they're not accused of killing him. But then they learn that Bernie had previously planned to have the two of them killed to cover up his embezzlement. So we end up with a lot of physical comedy, confusion, of course, by the guy who killed Bernie because it appears he's still alive, and chaos as Larry and Richard try to avoid the killer. Okay, the cast. We have Andrew McCarthy as Larry Wilson. Jonathan Silverman as Richard Parker. Terry Kaiser as Bernie Lomax. Catherine Mary Stewart as Gwen Saunders. Don Kalfa as Polly, and he passed away in 2016. Catherine Parks as Tina. Eloise Brody as Tawny. Greg Salata as Marty. Louis Giambalvo as Vito. Ted Kotcheff as Mr. Parker, who, of course, was the director. Yes. I love when they make cameos in their own films. Yeah. And Jason Woliner as the bratty kid. <laughs> He's my favorite, that bratty kid. <laughs> so fun facts. This movie grossed $30 million on a $15 million budget. It did so well, they decided to do a sequel, Weekend at Bernie's 2, in 1993. Which now I want to watch. I don't remember what happened in the second one. I, I don't either. I know I've seen it, yeah. but probably not since 93. Right. Filming took place in New York City in August of 88, but the beach scenes were not actually filmed in the Hamptons. They were filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina and Bald Head Island. Oh, really? And Wilmington, of course, is where they filmed like Dawson's Creek ah. and One Tree Hill and I mean, lots okay. of movies and stuff too. So while Weekend at Bernie's was in the early stages of production, the plan was that it would star Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Aww. However, filmmakers eventually decided that the two lead characters should be older than what the Corys were. Wow. I wonder how old the Corys were in 89. I mean, I, I think they were probably still like older teenagers. Yeah. So Haim was born in 71. Okay, so he would have been like 18. Yeah. That's when my sister graduated high school in 89 and she was born in 71. Yeah, and Corey Feldman, same age. Oh, okay. Same year. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't really work, them working at an insurance company when you're right. 18. They were a little young. Yes. I thought this was kind of funny. John Cryer was originally cast in the film, but was replaced by Andrew McCarthy, his Pretty in Pink co-star. Ah, I, I think that's a good call. I can't see John Cryer in this role. You know, I'm sure he would have done fine, but I think he's he not my style anyways. I know you're you're not a fan. He would have been fine, I think. But I wonder if that grinded his gears, <laughs> you know, yeah. because already he was going to play the lead role in Pretty in Pink. And that changed where he had to play like the dorky sidekick. Right. Or not dorky. I guess he was more quirky. But he's like, I can't get away from this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Taking all my parts. So a stunt double performed the scenes that were too dangerous for actor Terry Kaiser who, of course, played Bernie, and they got several broken ribs out of it. The injuries mainly occurred during the scene where Bernie is skiing and running into the metal buoys. I cannot believe that they had a person back there. I know. I wish I could talk to anyone involved in this film because I am blown away. Like, of course, I thought he had, you know, a stunt actor there right. for some of the scenes. But we were talking about this while we were watching. Like, I wonder if that's actually him right there or if that's a mannequin or mold of him. Yeah. But it was like stiff. But, how could that be a person? Well, yeah. When he's like bouncing off of them. Yeah. That can't, how can that be a person? 
We need more info. That had to have been fake. It had to have been. Like maybe he went in for some of it, you know? Just like little parts and then they fill. Because the parts I remember, that wasn't a human. <laughs> that that was a, a dummy. So, yeah. I mean, of course, there were other scenes where he's just floating along and not yeah. hitting those. So maybe they're talking about like hitting other metal things in the water. Maybe. But I did read that on several different pages. So well, that's impressive. <laughs> but they didn't list the name of the stunt guy. Oh. That's all I don't know. Just stunt man. So fans of the movie will be disappointed to know that Bernie's Hampton's house is no longer on the North Carolina beach where the movie was filmed because that island is known for being a safe haven for many different forms of wildlife. So they were forced to build a house that was specifically for production, and then they had to tear it down as soon as shooting wrapped. That is disappointing. I know, because I was thinking like, oh, now that I know it's in Wilmington, we should go next time that we go to visit your sister. Womp womp. All right, so this isn't exactly a fun fact, but in 2011, two men were arrested in real life for pulling the same stunt that Richard and Larry do in the movie. Robert Young and Mark Rubinson found their friend Jeffrey Jarrett dead in his home, but rather than contact the authorities, they took him out on the town for a quote-unquote night of fun. (laughs) I looked into this a little more. Yeah. You can see their mugshots when you type in their, their names. But they did bring him, but they didn't bring him inside any of, like, they went to a couple bars. They went to a strip joint yeah, or a classier gentleman's club, and they would leave him in the car, but they used his credit cards, which oh. makes it less funny. It is a lot less funny. Right. Because, I mean, if you're going to pull a weekend at Bernie's, like, you should do it the right way. You got to go full. Not that you need to be dragging a corpse around. <laughs> right. Don't anyone ever do that. Don't do that. But still, I had never heard of that. And I was like, what? That's pretty morbid. Yes. If my friends do that to me after I die, I'm going to be very angry and I will haunt them. Yeah. And I hope Jeffrey Jarrett haunts them. I hope so, too. According to Andrew McCarthy, the one thing that kept him entertained during the shoot in North Carolina was board games. <laughs> so since the director was like letting McCarthy improvise whenever he needed to, Andrew ended up bringing his Monopoly game onto the set. And then, you know, he uses it for that scene where he's playing with Bernie <laughs> by the pool. That's great. I know. When I rewatched it after I had found that out and I was like, there's the Monopoly game. That's actually his. <laughs> The film's opening and closing credits feature the song Hot and Cold, performed by American singer Jermaine Stewart. You probably heard that at the beginning of us covering this. And one of the working titles of the film was Hot and Cold. Other possible titles were Heat Wave and Some Like It Hot. It is funny because they really do try to bring it on home and let you know that it is really hot in New York City. Yeah, they're selling that. The beginning of the movie. Right. So there are two Rambo Easter eggs in the film because the director, Ted Kotcheff, also directed Rambo First Blood. Right. So the line that Richard says to Larry when he's hiding from Polly, you can come out now, Rambo, is a subtle reference to First Blood. And then the gardener, who's also knocked out, played the villain in Rambo First Blood Part 2. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Hmm. And apparently what he's wearing is similar to what he's wearing in that movie. Oh, that's a good time. Yeah. And all these fun facts were found on Wikipedia, IMDb, and there's an article by Matt Parker on 80skids.com and an article by Jason Gross on rediscoverthe80s.com. Thanks for the info. Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's dive into some favorite moments. Favorite moments. I wish you could see his hand movements while he says that. One day, we'll have a YouTube channel. Yes, maybe. We'll see. Okay, 
my first favorite moment when Larry and Richard go into the office on the weekend at the beginning of the movie. The AC isn't even on. It's so hot. Nobody else is there. And Larry's like, let's go to the beach. And Larry grabs all the papers and runs to like force Richard to go to, quote unquote, the beach. So you see close-ups on their faces. And Larry's like, you think it's safe to go in the water? Richard's like, no, better not. You just ate. You might get cramps. And then it pulls out and we see that they're actually on the roof of yeah, the building. Right. And they've got like a little baby pool. But this is where they really, really let you know it's hot because it's like the tar is all melted. It's melted. It's getting all over everything. It's really gross. And I mean, honestly, it makes me feel uncomfortable, like as if I'm that hot. Right. They did <laughs> sell the heat. They did. But also I'm like, why would you? I know you don't want to be in a building with no AC, but like, why would you go up there where it's tar and you're just being cooked by the sun? Well, I'm thinking that there weren't accessible beaches in New York City back then because of all the pollution and all that. Yeah, so I mean, they I wonder, made some references to that. Yeah, there well. just must have been like no choice. Yeah. All right. My first favorite moment, the chaos on the boat when Larry is trying to drive it. He, you know, apparently knows how to drive a boat. He does not. <laughs> He's ramming into other boats and you get like some rich guy who's on his boat. Then Larry hits his boat and he's wagging his finger saying, that's illegal. What you're doing is illegal. (laughs) And then Larry's coming back. He's trying to drop anchor. He throws his anchor onto that same guy's boat, smashes his table. It is absolute chaos. It is. And I enjoy it. My second favorite moment is the cameo by the director, Ted Kotcheff. He plays Richard's dad. Richard is trying to fool Gwen into thinking that this house or apartment that he lives in is his. Right. And it's, it's really nice. nice yeah. And like she's complimenting him on everything, but he's trying to whisper, be quiet. And all of a sudden this man walks out in his underwear and is going to the kitchen to get a drink. <laughs> And, you know, of course, Gwen is like, why was that? And finally, he's like, that's the butler. <laughs> and then he, he goes. That, that, that's all right, Monroe. But he snaps his fingers. Of course, Gwen immediately figures out yes. that that's actually his dad. Right. But I loved, like, that was a favorite moment already, but I didn't realize that that was the director. So when I found out that that was the director, it made it even funnier. It is even funnier. I love that part, though. That's all right, Monroe. i mean he's quick on his feet you got to give it to him yeah that was very good all right my second moment we talked about him earlier the bratty kid who is down in the sand covering bernie up after they dump his body off of the deck larry and richard see him they're telling him, hey get out of there kid the kid like looks up he's like you talking to me and they're like yeah he's like well shut up how'd you like to kiss and then he smacks his ass. (laughs) And then later on, that same kid like rolls up into the house with his cap gun. This was before they put like the orange tips on the cap guns. Yes. So it kind of looked like a real gun. He scares all of them and then he flips them the bird. (laughs) So he's my little spirit animal. And then we see him again at the end too, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay, number three on my list. After the moment that you were talking about on the boat where they're dragging Bernie around and it's crazy. They're finally getting him back onto the boat, like pulling him out of the water. And we can't see what his face looks like, but they're looking at his face. And Larry's like, oh, my God. What? 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 You lost my sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good because you think that he's talking about like the damage it did to Bernie. Right. And I mean, he's just so in his own world. But he's not even thinking about the fact that they're carrying a dead guy around. Yes, this man has perished. (laughs) All right. More on Bernie. So my final... 
favorite moment are the Bernie moments. So Bernie getting launched over the railing at his house. Bernie, quote unquote, attacking the mobster Polly after Larry rolls him off the deck and he's like kind of fighting with him underneath there. And it you know kind of looks like Bernie's alive, but he's not. Them having to vacuum all the sand off of Bernie, oh, the boat scene, good. Bernie water skiing, all of it. I love it. How about when they realize that Bernie has on a toupee and they staple it back <laughs> to his head? Staple it back on him, yeah. Oh, because doesn't it get sucked up in the vacuum? Yeah, I think so. Oh, my gosh. So many things happen in that movie. All right. Time for some HMs, some honorable mentions. So when Larry and Richard are running to catch the ferry that's leaving to take them to the island, Richard's like, we are not jumping on this boat. Do you hear? We are not jumping on this boat. He's freaking out. <laughs> and Larry just keeps going and they jump. And I mean, Richard like hurts his arm. I oh, mean, absolutely. He, he lands funky. Then all of a sudden we discover that the ferry was just docking. Yeah, it was pulling up to the dock. <laughs> so all of that was unnecessary. <laughs> right. <laughs> Also, though, I love the vibe of everyone on that boat when they're actually going and everybody's drinking and dancing, just ready to party the weekend away. I just think it's fun. Yeah. I wonder if that's what the atmosphere is like, like on the the way over to the Hamptons, you know, if if you're taking like that ferry. Yeah, I don't know, because I've only ever seen people driving to the Hamptons. I've never seen because we watch Summer House where they have a house in the Hamptons. Yeah. I wonder if they have since like built a bridge. Like, I wonder if you used to have to take the ferry unless you had your own boat and now they have like a bridge to it or something. Yeah, I don't know. Or is that just what it's like on Bald Head Island in North Carolina? And so they just went with it. Yeah, it could be. All the questions I have. If you summer in the Hamptons, let us know. Summer in the Hamptons. All right. My first HM, Larry and Richard clubbing the two guys in the head as they come into the house. They think these are the dudes that are after them. They stuff both of them in the closet. And these poor guys are just trying to do their jobs. (laughs) Yeah. The gardener, I think, and a handyman. Mm -hmm. And apparently one of them was the bad guy from Rambo, too. (laughs) (laughs) This is small, but when they realize that Bernie is actually dead, Larry just says, why do these things always happen to me? Like, he just immediately makes it all about himself. Right. Like, and then he even keeps going on talking about how he was bragging to all his friends about how he was going to go party in the Hamptons and, and how jealous they all were. Like, what's he going to tell him now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is he got to go dying on him? Right. And like the stuff at work, like he was looking forward to like a promotion. Right. All of that's gone now. <laughs> but, Poor Larry. But don't worry about Bernie. No. I mean, granted, Bernie was going to have them killed. So, yes, whatever. But (laughs) it's still he's just a funny character. Another small moment. I love how the head mob guy's girlfriend says Bernie's name. Oh, yeah. Can you do it? Boiny. 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 I have to see you, Boiny. And my final HM at the beginning of the movie. This was something I've never noticed until now. But there's the dude in Central Park. That attempts to stick up Larry and Richard, but Larry just tells him it's too hot for that, pushes the gun away, and they just keep walking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a New Yorker right that there. That is a New Yorker. <laughs> it's just like, what are you doing? It's too hot. <laughs> it's too hot. And then I just have some more Bernie moments, right? So just that one moment when Larry has Bernie by the pool and he shows Richard his little trick about how he lifts Bernie's arm. Like he has it attached to a string that he pulls and makes it look like Bernie's waving. It felt very Home Alone-ish to me. So it made me smile, (laughs) even though this was before Home Alone. Right. And then when they go to move Bernie at the party and they all fall over, it, it just made me laugh because like all the people there just think Bernie's wrecked. 
Like, he's just had too much to drink. This is normal behavior. Right. This old Bernie. So I was wondering, have you ever been a Bernie or had to take care of a friend who was like a Bernie while drunk? Now, you and I have joked, not even drinking, but we'll be like, we can have Bernie's and then we'll like put all of our dead weight on each other. (laughs) We haven't done that in a long time. We haven't. And then all of a sudden you have to try to carry the person, hold them up and stuff. It'll be like in the middle of a hug. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're Bernie. I'm Uh, trying to think, I don't know that I've had a friend that was that drunk where they couldn't walk, but it feels like I should have experienced that. I've definitely had a friend pass out on a couch at a party like early on and then just not enjoy the night at all because they're just sleeping on the couch the whole time because they drink too much too fast. I have been a Bernie personally. I forgot. Yeah. It was actually before I moved down here. It was my going away party. Oh. I drank two bottles of Alabama Slammer. (laughs) quite quickly. And then I woke up later on in my shed. Oh. I was done within a half an hour of the party starting. Wow. And then I got dragged around and then eventually brought home and dragged into my shed. That's funny. (laughs) I don't think I've ever been where like I woke up somewhere that I didn't remember putting myself there. Yeah. The only thing I have fallen asleep in the bathroom before. Ditto. But I knew I was there. Right. I just didn't feel like going and getting in bed. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like my grandmother happened to be at my house the day that this happened and witnessed me being drug across the yard. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, man. Two other things. So I actually just noticed this when I was rewatching. I noticed a fly land on Richard's suit just as the party comes to Bernie's house. Yeah. So like right in the moment, they've just realized that Bernie had died and all these people showed up and they're just like, what are we going to do? I don't think that that was on purpose or that they probably ever even noticed that. But I noticed it and I just thought it was ironic considering there was a dead guy, even though he (laughs) hadn't been dead that long. But a fly (laughs) just all of a sudden lands on his shoulder. Oh, that's great. And then, of course, the end where they're sitting on the beach, like Richard, Larry and Gwen. And there's like kind of a space between them. They're thinking everything's over. And then all of a sudden, this girl runs by in her bikini and she looks over at them and she's like, oh, hi, Bernie. See you at the party tonight. (laughs) And they're like, what did she just say? And they turn and they see him sitting there, like with his head all cocked to the side, his sunglasses, his little smile on his face. (laughs) And they all scream and run away. Which is then followed by the kid burying him again. Yes. It's like, oh, can I bury you again? Hey, mister. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he does it. And then like Bernie kind of moves his head a little bit because I think the kid hits him a little. And then he's like, great. (laughs) (laughs) And he starts doing it. That's how the movie ends. All right. So the things we noticed from this movie that were of the time. The first one, I'd actually never seen this. So I don't know if it was a thing. But businessmen wearing suit jackets and suit tops with business shorts. (laughs) I've never seen anything like that. I know, but a lot of them were in that look. They were. It was shocking. Yeah, I wonder if that was a thing because of the heat or was it just a thing? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it makes sense because it does get really hot in the city in the summer. Yeah. And all of these, same with like Chicago too. And there's a lot of walking that there goes is. on. Yeah. So, and it's really hot. It is. What I wish I could have seen was a closer up to see like what kind of footwear they were wearing. Like uh, what, yeah. what their socks looked like, all of that. It was very quick. So we'll have to dig into it. From a distance, too. So, okay. I noticed a portable TV. Ah, yes. Those were very cool. Larry was carrying around with him. I noticed Bernie's Porsche, which is a 1978 911 SC Targa, which is a model that I loved. But I I actually did like it better when it had the big, like, spoiler on the back, which is called a whale tail. 
And I think I had that car with the whale tail in matchbox form. Oh, really? Yeah. That's fun. Red, of course. Yes. I loved the yellow boombox that they had with them up on the roof. It got jammed up in the roof tar. Yes. Now the beach house, something else. Ooh la la. I love that house. (laughs) That had to be so modern for the time because I would still build that house today. I didn't think that it was that impressive on the outside. It just looked like a gray building, like gray, just very plain. Like I liked the design of it. Yeah. But like it looked like cinder block material. Yes. That's what I liked about it. It was concrete and clean, very clean lines, very simple, but defined. Now, I wrote down Bernie's house, but I was talking about the interior. Ah. So the mauve, the teal, the turquoise, the purple. Lots of the same colors that were used in the Neffler's house in Troop Beverly Hills that we were Uh, just talking about. We were. And again, lots of the glass blocks everywhere and Mm -hmm. stuff. Either way, it's all eye candy. It is. I also noticed Larry wearing his white undershirt, purely visible under his Hawaiian shirt. Yes. (laughs) That was his look the whole time, pretty much, it feels Uh, like. And I feel like that was a thing back Mm -hmm. then. Yeah. Also with Larry's style... His purple sunglasses. Yes. I love how he has them where they just hang off his face. So cool. Like, kind of, but it's like, does that? I mean, people do that, but they usually do it like uniformly. He no, had it's it like, like sideways, like cocked to the side. Yeah, it's like cocked to the side. I don't remember people doing that, but it was unique. I wonder if that started people doing that. Maybe, or he just, maybe that was just an Andrew McCarthy thing that he just randomly did. Yeah. Because he's so cool. <laughs> also, though, those sunglasses matched his purple Converse high tops Ooh. that he had on at the beginning. Yes. Some other things I didn't remember. There were some things that I maybe are not like noticeable or telling of the time, but I just didn't remember them or notice them as a kid. Yeah. Especially that this movie took place in the Hamptons and not somewhere tropical. Yeah, I also thought this was someplace tropical as well, which makes me think maybe that's Weekend at Bernie's too. It could be. It could be. Because I feel like I see like turquoise water and palm trees and like, I don't know if there are palm trees there. I mean, there are palm trees in North Carolina, but it just didn't feel tropical. It just felt like a North Carolina beach Yep. where, I mean, I don't know that the Hamptons really feels like that either. So that's probably why they were able to do that. But in my mind, it was always somewhere like the Bahamas or something. Yeah, this is definitely the Atlantic Ocean. Yes. Which is, you know. Blue. Deep dark. blue. Yeah. yeah, deep dark blue. So that's just funny how your kid mind assesses things. But again, like you said, it could be that that's what Weekend at Bernie's 2 is about. Yep. Or where it takes place. And then also uh, just, again, watching something as a kid and not getting a lot of the like innuendos or sexual things happening. I did not remember the girl like playing footsie with uh, Bernie Bernie. under the table. And she was doing a little more than she was footsie. (laughs) Right with the mob boss there. Right. Who's her boyfriend. And also like the stuff where she goes upstairs and spends time with him with the yes. for a little necrophilia. <laughs> I I didn't. I mean, I kind of remember that. But of course, I didn't really understand what was going on. Yeah. I same here. 10, so I maybe had a better idea as a worldly have. man <laughs> of 13. Of 13. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My final thing that I noticed. This was not really of the time, but the mobster Polly is a ridiculously bad shot. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry. No. Well, something that we talked about that, of course, we didn't really notice it back then because we didn't know what Robert Downey Jr. was going to look like when he got older. Mm -hmm. But Bernie totally looks like RDJ. He really does. It's crazy. Like now I can't unsee it. Every time I watch it, I just imagine Iron Man wearing the glasses and uh, chilling. Right. (laughs) And if you were to recast this movie, you might actually put RDJ in that role. 
You might. You might. And if you'd like to hear who all we might recast this movie with, you can come over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up and hear about that. That's going to be a new thing we're going to start doing after we cover movies. We're going to recast the movies with it could be modern day people. It could be people from a different decade than what the film was shot. You know, we're going to probably change it up every other time. But we've already made our list. We don't know what the other person has picked. I'm excited. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see what you pick. So that's it. Are you excited that we've now done Weekend at Bernie's? I'm very excited. I don't know why you held off for so long. I just wanted it to be something that we worked towards. It was like a carrot (laughs) that I hung out in front of you. I mean, we went all last summer not doing it and it drove me mad. I know it did. We're getting a lot of them in this year that I wanted to do last year. So I'm excited about that. You're now fully in charge. (laughs) You are the producer. I am the lowly co-host. Oh, you're so much more than that. (laughs) Okay, so the movie came out in 89. So we picked two songs from 1989. You want to go first? Yeah, my first one from Roxette, The Look. I mean, the synthesizers, the guitar, the vocals from this song. It's just what in the world? can make a brown-eyed girl turn blue. This song. This song can, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, as soon as you said the look, I instantly just heard the beginning of the song. Did you? Yep. Okay, my first song from 311 cover of it that came out in 2004. I love the Adele cover that came out in 2011. I just love the song. It's a bit of you. It is a bit of me. Hmm. Our next up for me from Alice Cooper, Poison. So, I mean, this is a very dark and haunting song. I'm not a huge Alice Cooper fan, but this is one that stuck out to me in 89. Can I make a confession? Yes. When I was a kid, or even maybe when I was a teenager, when did Alice in Chains start? Alice in Chains, I mean, I think they technically started in, in 89. But I mean, their music I would have been hearing about them popular, in the early 90s, right? right? 92 or so. So like when I was a young teenager, and I used to see like Alice Cooper on MTV and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I totally thought he was Alice of Alice in Chains. <laughs> oh, really? I did not understand that that was the name of a band, that Lane Staley was the lead singer. Like, I did not did not understand it. So when I finally did, that was an eye-opening day. So you thought the chicken story was tied to Alice in Chains. Yes. With lead singer Alice Cooper. Right. That's great. (laughs) We need to put that in the... The weird stuff we believed as a kid. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Except I was a (laughs) preteen. Okay. And my last choice by Kate Bush... This woman's work. I know you have a little life in you yet. I know you have a lot of strength left. I should be crying, but I just can't let it show. I should be hoping, but I can't stop thinking. All the things I should have said that I never said. All the things I should have You may have thought that I was going to pick Running Up That Hill. Yes. Because of Stranger Things. Right. 
but no, I was looking at a list and this song came up and I had always loved this song. I loved her version of it. And I also really loved uh, Maxwell's cover that came out in 2001. Mm. I used to listen to that a lot. I think that was in like Love and Basketball. Those both versions are in so many movies and TV shows. But every time I hear it, I just love it. And like, I've never had a child like I. she wrote it about a woman that was giving birth from a man's perspective. And mm-hmm. like I I've never been in that situation, but I still it's one of those like how you are with not paying attention to the lyrics of a song, but just the feeling feel of it. it. Yeah, that's how I am about this song. I didn't know about this song until a few years back. Oh, really? Yeah. Did I introduce you to it? You did. Ah, did we have like a night of this song and its covers? No, I think that was Wicked Game. Ah, It was. Yeah. By Chris Isaac. Well, this is a good one. Thanks for the intro. You're very welcome. <laughs> All right, that's it for this one. We'll talk to y'all soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.